Production. Recorded live. Okay, all right. So today is um, Wednesday. It is uh, nine forty-one p.m. According to my clock, today is uh, the first of uh, multiple sessions of a program called Happily Ever After. Uh, I'm Tony Veer, and I'm on the call with uh, Amanda and Fernando, and. Um, we're going to go through uh, this program, which is, uh, generally speaking, six sessions, but our time commitment is going to be a little bit more flexible. So what we're going to do is we're going to cover the five biggest problems that happen in relationships, what to do about them, and then once you understand them and understand what to do about them, what there is left to do once you don't have any problems bothering you. So the five biggest problems that happen in relationships are number and in order of size and importance, impact. Uh, the first one is not knowing who you really are. Uh, we're going to cover that today. The second one is not understanding gender differences. Um, people, um, nobody hardly knows that they don't know who they are, but everybody understands that they don't understand the opposite sex. <laughs> so it's, it's the second biggest issue. Um, number three is not managing emotions. And it, it, see, people may not know how to manage emotions, but they don't even if they don't even know that they should be managing emotions, that's a bigger problem than not um, knowing how to manage emotions. Is not even knowing that they're supposed to be. The part is structural and other breakdowns. Uh, nobody likes breakdowns. That's number four. Um, and then number five is miscommunication. Uh, miscommunication is um, people think that communication is like you know the, the big key to relationships. No, it's uh, number five because these other four are bigger. These other four contribute to the miscommunication. Uh, session six, just to let you know, uh, warning you ahead of time, Nando. Session six is the shortest of the sessions, and um, it's it's so awesome that uh, I've I've been known to uh, to tear up and, and get um, uh, you know teary eyed and you know, put, put my, my big boy pants down so I can cry on the call because of what I get present to and what's available for you once you understand how to manage all this stuff. It's just, it's just that touching to me, um, uh, especially since I've had the pleasure of being able to live it. So um, with that, um, uh, do you guys have anything that you want to say that, um, you know, that's come up for you around relationships or anything that I've said to you in the past before now that you want to, Saying or having any questions about anything like that? Um, no. Okay. Uh, okay. I just check it. You know, I didn't say it was, but just check it. Okay. So, um, I'm just gonna jump right in. Sorry, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm no, gonna no. hit. I'm, yeah, no, sorry. I'm gonna hit mute so yes. I can walk through the house and go be next to Amanda. Yes. Excellent. Love that idea. Okay. Um, so uh, what I also want to say is that um, you're going to get the uh, uh, emailed recap notes of the uh, session after we finish this session completely. This session, we're probably not going to complete it, so you'll hear some stuff, but I won't send you the email recap until after um, this session is complete. But what I will also do is give you access to the recordings um, on, on Dropbox but with the emailed um, notice of uh, being able to reach, um, uh, you know, uh, talk to you to get on the call, you will have um, uh, you'll have access online, through, you know, through the internet um, 
to uh, listen to the recordings also directly from TalkShoe if you want to uh, do that. And by the way, that TalkShoe, I've been using the service since 2011. This is uh, not for you, just for me because I want to say it. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> that thing says TalkShoe. You know, when I, when I first heard it, uh, I thought they were talking about um, uh, or imitating uh, Maxwell Smart when it was his the comedy spy series called Get Smart in the 1960s. But I found out, no, what they're doing is they're imitating uh, Ed Sullivan when he would say, we got a really big shoe tonight. And so that's where they came up with the talk shoe name. Hilarious, man. That's why every time I hear it, I laugh because it's like, there goes Ed again. <laughs> so, okay. Um, with, with that, yeah, thanks. I, I think it's funny, too. It just, it just cracks me up. That. Anyhow, um, so um, we're going to start right in uh, with uh, session number one, not knowing who you really are, who you are. Um, so I'm going to be reading, and then I'm going to explain, and then I'm going to check in with questions. That's pretty much how it's going to go. Um, and if you have questions, then I might tell stories. Um, you know, I might, uh, you know, just, like, ask you some questions so you can get to it. You know, it depends. I'm also going to, whenever I think it's the easiest way to communicate, is to share um, uh, landmark distinctions that apply to this. But I promise you, Landmark ain't got almost none of this stuff in their, in their uh, curriculum, in their series of distinctions, in their inventory, none of that stuff. This stuff is like, it's, it's, I'm so happy because it ain't Landmark stuff, but I will be able to use some of the distinctions that I know you both are aware of to help you get it quicker. But this is not a landmark program by any stretch. I just want you to make sure you understand it. So, all right. So, um, with that, um, the the reason not knowing who you are is the biggest problem in relation because no one thinks, believes, has a clue, or could even imagine that they don't know who they are. People think that. They just don't know this thing or that thing, or they made a mistake, or they're learning, but they know other things, or how could you say such a thing about me, or a million other things. Anything but, I don't know who I am. We all know the complete history of our life. We know what we know, and we know what we don't know. But we don't know what we don't know we don't know, right? So, for example, a dog will run outside and eat whatever smells like food, not knowing it ain't poison. It's happy because it ain't food and no one stopped him or her. Two days later, it's so sick, it's on its deathbed with no clue that it ate some poison. That's what happens with us when we try to make a, we try to make a player to be a partner or a complainer or a bully or someone who can't take care of themselves or whatever doesn't or won't ever work for you. Why do people choose partners or try to make someone their partner when that person isn't close to a match for who they are and what will work for them because they don't know who they are. <laughs> You're going to pick somebody who doesn't know who they are because you don't know who you are, so you don't know, you can't see who they are. So if they don't know who they are, if they don't know how the decisions they make will affect them now or in the future because they don't know how the decisions they make will, will make them feel in the future because they don't know themselves well enough to know the difference. You know, 
like, you know, I'll start with my first landmark, uh, um, you know, usage, right, um, explanation. So, you know, you do a landmark, and then, you know, you, you do a landmark form, and halfway through, you get this distinction, you get this, this epiphany moment that you had no clue that was there for you. But before then, it, was, it didn't exist. You know, for me, I did not know that I was still in love with my high school sweetheart, and, and in mourning over me breaking up with her 19 years after um, breaking up with her, I'm sitting in the landmark form, and I'm crying my eyes out Saturday afternoon, shocked that I did not know all the time that I was still in love with her. And it affected my marriage and every relationship I was in since I broke up with her. Well, actually, since almost before I broke up with her. And um, but I didn't know that about myself. And I thought I was over her. <laughs> nope, not right. Not, not exactly. So, you know, when they talk about the, the area where you don't know, you don't know, there's certain things that you need to know about yourself that makes it complete because you, you're always going to change. And I'm going to read more about that, but it's like I'm, I'm saying this so that you have the opportunity, you give yourself permission to start seeing what you don't know you don't know about yourself in relationships in particular, but specifically about you. So that's why I'm kind of mm-hmm. going into this. So, um, oh, Nando dropped off. Is he sitting next to you? Is that what's happened? You only got yeah. one phone going? Yeah. Okay. On, okay, cool. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Love it. Love it. By the way, um, <laughs> I've had a couple of couples get on these calls, man. It's amazing. <sighs> just listen. Just don't have sex while we're doing the sessions. I promise you. All right. Just close that. All right. <laughs> the impact. The impact of not knowing who you are. When we don't know who we are, we can't see who other people are, and don't really know what we like. We end up guessing. And then become surprised that what we thought we wanted is something we really don't like or want. Not knowing who you really are causes relationship, communication, and self-fulfillment problems because you won't know yourself well enough to say what's true for you, not because you're lying. It's because you don't know yourself well enough to choose what works for you, which will have you make choices that make you unhappy, but you won't know it until you get what you asked for. Y'all ever had that experience dealing with each other? Um, like how say how would it apply? Like we don't can you ask it so, in a different maybe. Well, so for example, you know, you might assume that you know you're going to be doing something, and then you assume that if you're, you're going to do your thing, he's going to do his thing, he's going to work out, and then later on you find out that what he did or what you did didn't match up with what you both expected, but you didn't even know it can go bad until it went bad. Um, yeah, probably, right? <laughs> it's hard, well, it's just hard to think of, like, a concrete example. That's right. No problem. You know, you, 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 you two actually yeah. know yourselves more than most folks do, but I could hear there's some gaps in there, and I'm going to help you with that. So I just was checking, you know. Okay. Um, if you don't know who you are, how could you know anyone else? How would you know if Mr. and Ms. Wright was standing behind you at a Starbucks, in front of you at a Christmas party, or next to you at the gym? Would you even be ready? Even if you somehow got them as a partner, could you handle the abundance of love that would come your way? Ultimately, hello? I mean, I think the oh. answer would be no. Don't know yourself. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, if you don't know yourself, you know, it's, 
It's tough. So ultimately, if you don't know who you are, there's not enough coaching, advice, or therapy that will make a difference in the happiness and effectiveness of any relationship you could be in. It'll sound like explaining air conditioning to a caveman or airplanes to Julius Caesar. What are you talking about? That don't make no sense. If you don't know who you are, your past will dominate you unless your emotional triggers bother you or your scarcity mindset bothers you or your beliefs or your ego or your lack of effort or, your, or the quality of your of character or, or the lack thereof <laughs> or your entitlement issues or your strong suits or your smartness or your money or some other blind spots or something, anything other than who you really are. And you won't know why things aren't working. You just don't won't know. It's like before we knew what germs was, and before we realized that you know all you had to do was wash your hands before you do surgery, we was killing people doing surgery because we was injecting germs into their system, not knowing we was doing it. Uh, That's what this is like. We're gonna solve that though. So. Here's the actual, that's the impact, but here's the actual problem with not knowing who you are and, uh, and how to tell. So everyone thinks they know who they are, and at the same time, no one will ever know who they are completely because we're constantly growing and evolving. No one is the same age at age 20. No one is the same at age 20 as they are at age 70. The reason we all think we know who we are is because we remember everything We've been through the growth we've experienced, and we're much more adult now than we were 10 years ago. Because of this, we think we know who we are. However, how many people know their purpose in life? How many people know they're living true to their values 100% of the time? How many people know how to stay true to their values? Forget about are they living it, staying true to them 100% of the time. How many people are willing 100% responsible for the things that happen in their life? for the choices they make in relationships, they make in life in general. So here's some clues that you know who you are. You're happy with who you are, number one. Number two, this is a top ten list, by the way. Number two, you change your mind very little. Number three, you make very few mistakes in the choices you make about yourself and your life. Number four, you can see through people often. What was that? Number five is you can see through people okay. often. Like you can see who they are when you're talking with them, you know? It's, and it's not sales. It's like, oh, yeah, I got it. Can... Right. Like, like, it like, they're, like you got them. You may not be able to predict everything they are, that they're going to be, but you know who they are fundamentally like that. Because... Mm-hmm. You see pieces of you in them. That's what makes it easy for you to recognize who they are. So then, number five, you don't stay around people who don't know who they are. It's too uncomfortable. (laughs) It really is. Um, Number six, you can tell who's mature and immature and can't stay around immature people unless you're contributing to them. True, yep. Like, it's icky. It's like, ugh, they're not listening. Oh, my God, I can't put up with this. You become their burden. 
Yeah. Right. Number seven, you feel clear with the direction your life is going in, even if you're not happy with the results. In fact, the results don't discourage you from your direction. Number eight, yeah. you're not easily swayed by other people's opinions of you, even though you're fully willing to accept them as their own opinion. Like you're entitled to your opinion, it ain't affecting me, either about me or about what I see. You're open to it, but you're not controlled by it. Number nine, people who know who they are can see that you know who you are and are attracted to you because of it, whether it's business-wise or any other area of life. Now, Bronx, we had this statement, game recognize game, you know. <laughs> so people who know who they are, they can see other people who know who they are. Um, and then number 10, which to me is the biggest one, is you can only really be happy in a romantic relationship with someone else who knows who they really are. If they don't, you'll feel sticky, you'll feel icky and uncomfortable to be around them. So you want to actually, you know, you get this list and you want to actually be able to say yes to yourself about all of those. And I'm clear that most of those y'all can relate to and understand and connect to and all that stuff. But, um, you know, the more you understand yourself, the easier it is to understand your partner. And the easier it is for you to understand your partner, the easier it will be for you to get along with them. Because, you know, you'll be able to get to the point a lot quicker rather than suffering for, you know, a couple of months or a couple of years, you know. So uh, any questions about the comments about any of that before I move forward? Yeah. Okay. Mando? Good? No, I'm good, man. Okay, good. So that's just so that you can be open-minded to the possibility of how much more do you need to know about yourself in order for you to be happy with yourself and happy with your partner. So you don't need to know a thousand things about yourself in order for you to know yourself well enough to be able to eliminate the problems not knowing yourself will cause in a relationship. Um, you'll, you know, occasionally something will happen as you, your partner or the relationship grows, and then you'll be able to resolve it because you know who you are fundamentally. Um, you know, what I mean by knowing who you are fundamentally, what I mean is that, um, you know, like like George Foreman is, is in, uh, and, and Madonna is a couple of good examples of people who have reinvented themselves multiple times, but they're still who they are. Like they might be moving in the right direction, but they're still on the same course more or less, which is, you know, to be great at whatever it is that they're doing. Does that, does that communicate? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So we're about to figure out how to do that. So I'm going to tell you there's five things you need to know about yourself in order to be happy in your relationship, throw the pieces for more than 20 years. At least there's five basic things you need to know. So I'll tell you what they are, and then we'll go into them specifically. So the first, the most important one, is to know your highest aspirations for being in a relationship. So people automatically have a script in their head, both men and women. And women are much more pronounced than right in front of their face. But we both, we all have like how we think a relationship is supposed to go. 
And, you know, that's what's going to make us most happy is it going that way. We have a script in our head. But you need to know what your script is so you can see if somebody else has the same script, more or less. So you need to know what your highest aspirations for being in a relationship is. If you have that and nothing else, you still have the odds are still in your favor that you will um, <laughs> you'll be happy 40 years from now. You'll be laughing at your partner for being a, a jerk or a crybaby or whatever, and then when they wake up, snap out of it, you'll be like, all right, come back over here, honey, and like that, because you're living the same life. So the number one thing is your highest aspirations for being in a relationship. Second thing is your highest aspiration for your own life, pretty much understanding what your purpose is about. Um, number three is you, you, your must-have list, things you must have in the relationship for you to be happy in it. Number four, you have to know what your love languages are. Y'all he- ever heard of the five love languages? Yes. Yeah, we, we have the book, and we know what they are. Great. So that'll make this session a little bit quicker because you need to know that. <laughs> yes. And then, and then um, number five, uh, the principles that you live your life by. So we're going to go into them, um, each one of these in detail. Um, so uh, first and foremost is you got to know what the highest aspiration is for being in a relationship is for you. And so I've discovered it's really And, you know, you only really have one. You don't have, like in the five love languages, you usually have like your two main ones. You know, one of them you're still okay with, and the other two you probably don't care about. That's usually how it goes for people. But uh, when it comes to your highest aspirations for being in a relationship, there's really only five, and you only like one, and you might have the other ones help you fulfill or to be more happy about the one that you have, but you got one. So I'll tell you what they are uh, in no particular order because there is no order because you only have one, okay? Um, so um, it's either – um, you honor your spiritual beliefs together. You want to have a, a, a relationship where you and your partner both are uh, expressing and experiencing your uh, spiritual or religious beliefs. Religion, spirituality is your life. Uh, adventure is your life. Um, parenthood or, or family is your life. You know, and you want to be in a relationship with somebody whose main focus is parenthood, family, um, uh, making a difference. Um, you know, it could be entrepreneurship, but it could be also, you know, being a volunteer at a, at a, a you know, mental institution or something. But you want to make a difference in life together or you want to be content together, right? As long as everything is working and we can sit down and watch TV and hold hands together and that's all we care about, then that's that. So those are the five highest aspirations. And um, uh, my first guess and you guys got to sort it out for yourself. And I'll just tell you, my first guess is anybody that's been around Landmark beyond the advanced course, the odds are <laughs> they're about making a difference. Because people who don't want to make a difference, they can't stand being around Landmark for more than like a program or two. You know, they just can't. You know, so I'm talking to somebody that did the TMLP. I'm talking to somebody as a staff member. The odds are y'all want to make a difference. You just may not be doing it together or something. But that's my guess. And I'm not, you know, holding my breath and, and going to tie you down to it. But, um, you know, I'd like to hear from y'all, you know, what is your, um, if you were going to say that, you know, being in a relationship, like your highest lifestyle in uh, being in a relationship, what would you say it is? Just curious. 
I'll go first. Well, the one that um, stuck out to me the most was Adventure. Okay. Um, you know, I've had an adventurous life, and I'm an, a pretty adventurous person. And I don't know, when you said that, I, I lit up. Of course, family yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I always want to make a difference. But Adventure right. was the one that, that got me uh, excited. Got it. Mando? I was uh, being content, like having everything work and then just being able to just chill out. Mm. Okay. Okay. So, um, so y'all have a bit of a dilemma. Let me tell you what the dilemma is. You've already experienced it. How come you won't live the life I want to live together? Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the number one reason why we're on this call right now. <laughs> Wait a minute, how so, come what? You don't want to live those life that I want to live together. Oh, right. like how come? Yeah. Contend. Yeah how, yeah. yeah, how come you don't want to do what I want to do? Right. How come you don't want to do what I want to do? Right. Yeah. Because I'm doing what I like to do the best. But, 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 and then, like, right? It makes sense? Yeah. So now, um, I'm actually surprised, Nando, that you say contentment. I actually was kind of kind of expecting to hear adventure from uh, from Amanda, but I was kind of surprised to hear that. I, I actually thought you was going to say family, um, quite frankly. Um, but uh, being content, I could be. I'm, I'm okay with that. I mean, it's in you. You know, but you to know. Me, to, me, so. to me, I thought to me, I thought that in being content. Look, I, I have I have that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it's it's part of my life now. So it's not family. that I aspire maybe I don't aspire to be it because I have such a great family. Got it. So let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Okay. So you know, maybe I need to go a little bit deeper into this. So one of my favorite examples is the Cosby show. I freaking loved the Cosby show. My my daughters when they were younger, they used to say, You just like good Cosby. I think I was, right? So um uh not not every aspect if you know what I'm trying to say, right? But um he and Claire, they were all about being parents. They loved each other to death because they were playing a game called Let's Raise Our Family Together. And, you know, they had separate careers. You know, he was a doctor and you know, she was a lawyer. And they didn't interact with each other's jobs, careers at all. They were like, you know, you over there, fine. You go over there. When we come back home, it's about the family, kids, us. And so, you know, they they had um, the way they wanted to have their life. Um, And at the same time, they shared in something that was so key that that made all the difference. it's, It's sort of what I would refer to as doing your favorite things with your favorite person in your favorite places, permanent. And so, um, you know, having the same highest aspiration uh, makes that uh, simple because it's so obvious. You don't even know that you're doing it. It's just so automatic. However, um, just like with the five love languages, you can make this work if you're willing to share in each other's world, each other's life. So... You know, what I'm hearing is one of the things that, that's been bothering Amanda is that 
you've been living an adventurous life. You're going out. You're hanging out with these folks. You know, forget about the drinking part. You're just socializing, and she's in the home. But one thing she wants to do almost more than anything, she can't do with you because you don't do it with her because it's your job and, and you're not including her in it. So she's over there feeling alone, more alone than you can imagine. Because you're doing the thing she would be doing if she had the chance to do it. And she would love to do it with you, but you won't let her. And this is not like a beat-up session. You know, this is like comparing, making it happen, right? Um, like trying to blend your lives together because this is what this whole thing is about, right? And so, you know, for you, you're content because everything is going by. But if you was going to, say, expand your ability to be content, you know, you could be working towards having her be content her way. Right. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, what's going to make her content? Adventure. So, you know, you might have to, you know, schedule some more playtime than you have been because you didn't notice it. Because you're doing what guys do, which is, you know, be the hero, bring the money home, and, you know, make sure everything is working. And I'm doing it for you. Women don't get that you're doing it for them because, yeah, that's good, but emotions is more important, right? So you bringing your life to being content with her, having her be content, would have her feel adventure, and you play an adventure with her. So, you know, maybe you don't want to do skydiving, but she does. <laughs> right, so you go skydiving because this is what she wants to do, and you love her, and you want to do things with her. So, like, I remember, I remember reading. Um, I forget what the guy's name is, um, but it was a relationship book I read in the 1990s, long before I did any landmark work. And he talked. This guy talked about there's the infatuation stage, then there's the battle for control stage, and then there is the stage of love. It usually takes at least ten years to get through the battle for control before you can actually get to the love stage. And this conversation I'm having telling you about, that's the battle for control. If you ever seen people break up because they're just not living the same life together and they're like, well, what am I doing here? I'm, I've been alone in this relationship for the last five, seven, ten years. This is this conversation I'm having with you now. This is exactly why. Does it make sense? Yeah. 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 Great. So you want to look at What's it going to take? You don't have to do anything about it now. I'm going to support you in doing something about it later before this program is over. But if her thing is adventure and yours is about contentment, it's actually easier for you, Mando, to take care of her adventure needs than it is for her to take care of your content needs because you've already described and communicated that you already got your contentment needs already met. She doesn't really have to help you with that. You already got that handled. Now, she could participate in it, but you're going to actually have to help her enjoy the contentment that can only come for her through adventure. Make sense? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and that would be a very loving thing for you to do. Right. Like, there's nothing for you to get out of it except for to give her, like, the the, the receiving of her um, love and enjoyment and appreciation and gratitude because you're already taken care of. Okay. Right? And the way you've been ta- trying to take, the way you've been taking care of her has been okay but inadequate. Like, like you got her a good, a good pair of shoes and a good dress. She ain't got no underwear, no, no cosmetics, you know, no jewelry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you're like, right. what? 
You got a dress on. What? Come on. Right? <laughs> so, you know, and this, again, this is not make wrong. This is about understanding. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So now, where are y'all at? Where are y'all at emotionally, intellectually? What's going on? I'm checking in. It's, just, it's, it's a lot of it's, it's information and process. Obviously, it's the first time that we're hearing it. So, yes, um, I can I can see. I mean, as soon as you said the five different things, and you said adventure, like I knew that was going to be Amanda's. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, family is huge. It's very very important to me. Um, mm. But again, like I think for me, it's like it's such a part of who I am. It's just like a given. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, no, I get it. I totally see that she wants to be included on the adventures that I'm going on, which I don't think are yeah. adventures, but she may. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, no, she's not. I, what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm good. I, 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 I was yeah. Go ahead. Oh, no, I think you're spot on. Um, yeah, I want to, I definitely want to be included, and I do see, yeah, I mean, I've said it before in different ways, you know, like I feel like Fernando has this, like, you know, awesome, glamorous, like social life and, um, you know, adventurous would be another way to describe it. Um, and I do feel left out. Um, and, uh, it was, the analogy was funny. I, I would have been, okay, I've got the dress, I've got the shoes, but nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> totally got it. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So that's something for you to work on and, the uh, remainder of the program is going to support you in figuring that stuff out, okay? So um, so I'm going to move on to this, but this is the most important thing out of all of it, this this conversation right here called Highest Aspirations for Being in a Relationship. See, people don't know what that is until they actually get in a relationship, and then they start seeing what's not that. Um. One of my favorite books is uh, the Conversations with God book series. Y'all familiar with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, in every one of Neil's books, he says uh, something, he repeats God's statement, which is, in the absence of that which you are not, that which you are is not. Meaning, if you don't know what tall is, there's no way you're going to understand what short is. You don't know what fat is, you won't know what thin is, and on and on. So... By most people, most of us, we um, learn about what we need in a relationship by by not getting it when we're in a relationship. Unless somebody walks around and tells them what I just got finished telling you among other things, unless you get that ahead of time, chances are you're going to find out by mistake. <laughs> and I'm laughing because I haven't been there, but I know how painful it is because it took me all these times to get here. Right. So, um, so all right, so that's the first of the five um, aspects that you need to know about yourself in order to be happy in your relationship forever, pretty much. And this is the biggest one. So but I, I know that you all are going to be able to make it work. I'm clear. Most, I'm going to tell you, most people who, um, when they don't have the same highest aspiration, I worry about them. I don't think that they're going to be happy with it. And and if they and if before they're married, I'm even more worried about them. Um, but I've seen y'all together, so I know this could work. You just got to get creative, inventive, and give to each other. 
and see what's going on. So I listen, I got to cover the promise you. Okay. Next, the next biggest thing is the highest aspirations for your life. In other words, your life purpose, like your legacy, what it is that you want to have. You need to be clear about that. And they are pretty much the same things as the highest aspiration for being in a relationship, but not necessarily. You know what I mean? So like, you know, um, um, you know, Nando, I don't know if, if making a difference is, is it for you in terms of like your life purpose with making your sales. Um, you know, I don't know if it's still contentment. And so making sure you got enough of what you need will have you be content. I'm not sure. But you want to really be clear about at the end of your life when you look back on it, you know, um, um, what's, what is it that, that needs to happen for you to be like, it was worth it. I met everything I needed to do, kind of like that. You know, and same for you, Amanda. You, you want to know that because you may need to do it together. You may need to do it separately. You may, it may not make a difference if you do it together or separately, but you need to know what your life is about so you're being true to yourself and you're being fulfilled by your, about yourself. And you're not, you're not creating what most people have is their biggest regret in life, at the end of their life, which is they didn't have the courage or they didn't do what they really thought they should be doing. And it's the sa- that same list? Yeah, pretty much. Like um, spiritual beliefs, adventure, parenthood, making a difference or contentment is going to be in those areas. And don't get me wrong, you know, if you're making a difference, again, you know, it could be because you want to own your own business and make money and, and, you know, make a difference with the world. Or you might want to be a landmark formerly, the God forbid, or, you know, whatever, right? You just want to be a, a monk, you know, in, in India or whatever, whatever the, the difference is that you want to make, right? Same with right. parenthood, you know. You know, I remember watching um, a uh, comedy show from uh, What's What's My Line, I think it was, um, um, with, uh, I forget the name, the comedian from, a uh, classic uh, comedian from the 50s. He was interviewing this couple, and um, they had 18 kids, 18. None of them wow. were their birth, none of them were their birth kids because the wife couldn't have kids. So they adopted 18 kids of all races. They had like the United Nations, and this was like in the mid-50s. It was like stunning, but that, that's what she wanted, you know, and that's what, that was her way of making a difference as well as being a parent, you know, I, and I, I couldn't tell from that episode whether it was being a parent or making a difference, but right. I, I, it felt like it was both because, both. yeah, it was, it was like she just was taking care of kids that nobody yeah. else was taking care of. And they, they specifically focused on everybody but white kids because back in the 50s in America, <laughs> they had yeah. for every one kid getting, every one kid that was getting adopted, you had like nine black kids that was not. Right. And, and so they went in, a, in the route of the kids that really needed to be adopted. It was, it was, yeah. it was heart rendering. And, um, right. you know, but, but they together was living their highest aspiration for yeah. their relationship and for their own individual life. So you will need to take care of both of them and really look right. at that. Make sense? Yeah. Okay. All right, good. So, um, yeah, that's something that you're all going to work out for yourself, but it's going to be in the same area. And uh, it may right. be the same, it may not be the same, but you need to be clear 100%. And so right. when you're clear about these things here, you're open to how to fulfill them. That's become you can, like, know who you are and yet be surprised by the growth that you have because these things are fundamentally who you are, 
but there's so many ways to fulfill it that you can be open and patient and creative around fulfilling it and still be true to yourself, even though you've got a million ways you can fulfill yourself. Right. So, okay, so then uh, the third on the list, um, and I'm going to say we got about another 20 minutes, so I might actually get to the end of these five things, maybe. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, so the third good. thing, excuse me? I would say, yeah, that would be good if we could get, you know, just think we can do a little extra time. Yeah. Right? Maybe oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, um, okay. So I'll let you know when I finish these five things. And then, uh, you know, there's only one other thing to cover after that, but it is, it'll take about 15 minutes to cover that, you know. So we'll, we'll see. All right. You let me know. Um, sooner we can finish this, the better. Um, so the third thing is something called a must-have list. I must have these things or I must not have these things, whatever those are. Um, this list is a, a extremely individual, but in the end, um, it's something that it's about workability. So people have, I've heard all kinds of different lists. I've heard of the checklist. Make sure that, you know, the checklist is sort of like a, um, a, a, an application for a job checklist. You know, it's like, have, have you, you know, got a degree? You know, have you, uh, where have you worked before? Uh, what's your salary expectations? Like, right? Right. So that's a checklist. That you go on a date, and is he tall? Is he funny? You know, um, um, does he make me feel safe and secure, right? So, you know, that would be a checklist. Um, in the world of uh, relationships, checklists are BS, in my opinion. There's <laughs> yeah. so much more and so much more important, but if you don't know anything, you just go with a checklist. And by the way, guys don't have checklists. Our only checklist is, you know, she's hot. Oh, my God. Uh, and, and I hope she likes me. And that's, that's about as far as our checklist goes until <laughs> – she asks, she, until she makes this one statement, then all of a sudden things change. You want to know what that statement is? You should tell your friends this when I, when I figure it. You want to hear what that statement is? Sure. Yeah. As soon as a woman says, so where is this relationship going, everything changes. <laughs> Before, he's just having fun and enjoying himself, and now she, he's like, oh, she's serious. Oh, my God, i got to keep an eye on her now. Now he starts qualifying her. Well, that conversation already in her mind already qualified her. Excuse me? I think I qualified Amanda way before she said that. Oh, well, then good for you. You took her serious from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but first day. Most, good. Most guys, um, they be just having fun until you say that. Then they be like, oh, damn, what? <laughs> you know, they start thinking about alimony. Possibilities. Well, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna give me a hard time afterwards. So, um, but yeah. So y'all are blessed. Love it. Love it. Great. Um, but anyhow, I just wanted to. That's that's not necessary for this. It's just a, a, an aside that, that that I've seen happen way too many times. You know. Um, but the must-have list is like oxygen. It's like gas for a car. It's like oil for an engine. It's like you can't do without it, and it's got nothing to do with personality. So, um, so you know, normally, you know, when I, when I created this list, I created this list for myself out of um, what were fundamental failures or fundamental missings in, in previous relationships. So, you know, I'll give you a couple of mine because I've heard one or two from you guys without you knowing that's what you're saying. 
Um, but I'll tell you a couple of the ones that happens for me. So um, for one is I cannot be – I must have somebody that's willing to be fully in communication. I cannot be with a withholder. No pass, must have full open communication. Now, does she need to tell me every secret she's got? Nope. But she can't withhold nothing when it's time to really be in communication. No lying, right. no withholding. You can keep secrets and, you know, give me my surprise birthday party or whatever. I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but don't be withholding. We're not doing that. I've done that enough times. I know that it doesn't work. It ain't never going to work. I'm not accepting that. And it just puts too many walls in. And besides, it's the worst um, It's the worst communication practice out of all of the yeah. negative communication practices. So, so that's for me. It's like critical. I've got to have it, you know. Um, another thing for me is, um, you know, I'm okay as a neat guy. I mean, like, I, I know how to keep things neat, but I don't really want to do all the work. I, I don't. But I'm, I'm not that bad. But I know how to make things – I know how to make a space really great. I'm a facilities manager. You know, I still got the skill set for it. But I don't really want to work that hard. So, um, so for me, I can't be in a relationship with somebody who's sloppier than me. You know, I can let stuff go for up to about a week. And then I'm like, okay, I got to fix this stuff. And, but when I do that, it's like, um, how do I say? It's like um, I know how long it's going to take for me to do stuff. And when I look and see it's going to take me longer than I, than I want to, that's when I'll start going to work. So um, for me, I can't be with somebody who's, um, who's sloppier than me. But I could be with somebody who's a lot neater than me. I could be with Felix Lundgren if I had to. I just ain't willing to do the work. But if I have to do the work, uh, I will do it. But but. I've got other things to do in my mind. I don't want to be spending time micromanaging the space and all of that stuff. Just, just can we can we just you know keep it moving uh, like that? So for me, I need uh, and and that's a part of my need for her to be low maintenance. Like deal breakers in a way. Yeah, the thing about a deal breaker, which is different from the must-have list in my opinion, is that a deal breaker can be turned around. I'm going to give you an extreme example of that. So um, after the World Trade Center incident, I moved down to North Carolina uh, in 2001. I came back in 2004. But when I came down to North Carolina, I was invited to come down uh, by a guy that I used to work with in, uh, in Jersey City. Uh, we used to work at this electronics chain called uh, Save, Save Mart. And um, I remember we watched the whole O.J. Simpson trial while we was on work at, at the job. <laughs> it was amazing, right? But my man, Roberto, that was his name. He was a uh, crack addict and um, a, uh, 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 I wouldn't call him necessarily a, uh, um, how do you call it, those people that, that are really super sloppy, um, a hoarder. I wouldn't really call him a hoarder, but he was like the next level just below hoarder, super sloppy. Okay. Been to his house, crack addict, right? And he was also dating this woman who was married. So she was cheating on her husband with him. Mm-hmm. And the last time I saw him was a, was a year was a year before, um, a few months before um, I started, uh, about a year before I did Landmark, last time I saw him. And uh, he came by the dealership. I was selling cars in Jersey City, and he asked me for $40. And I know what the $40 was for, for him to go get high. I knew that. And he said he'd give me the money back, but he never did, right? So after the World Trade Center incident, he called me like almost every day for like a month. And he eventually had me come down there. And what was stunning was his, his woman left her husband, but then she broke up with him because she couldn't deal with the, with the crack. She couldn't deal with the drugs or the sloppiness. 
or him not being able to keep his promises. And so you know what my man Roberto did? He gave up crack. He gave up crack because what he told me was she's more important to me than getting high in drugs. I can't do without her. And so that's what made him give up crack. Like, holy shit. When I went down yeah. to see him, he lived in a four-bedroom, two-bathroom house in, in uh, uh, Jacksonville, North Carolina. House was super neat. This guy was super organized. It was like two different human beings. Okay. That, would be on, that would be on my um, deal-breaker list. I'm not dealing with no drug addicts. But he stopped doing drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and also, this place was amazing. I, don't, I would not expect any other human being to do that. You know, one is good enough for me, but I know that's possible. That's why it's like must-have. So if, if I'm dealing with somebody who's high-maintenance and, and then she decides to take away the, the high-maintenance, it's, it's, she no longer broke the deal. Right. Okay. So are you going to have but us I, go through ours, or you're just um, like yeah, you definitely about? want to go through your must-haves. You definitely want to do that. Like um, right now. Um. No, you should do that between now and the next session. Do you want to do it right now? No. 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 Not necessarily. I was just wondering. Oh no 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 no! I want y'all to go through it and then bring it back to me, and then I'll support you with like figuring it out. You know. Gotcha. So, yeah. Um. So yeah. So you want to really understand? You know, what must you have? You must have this. What's like? I can't do without it, or I can't do with it. Like, never. So um. So that's that. And then uh, the love languages is number four. So uh, what do you guys love languages? Mine is quality time. Mm-hmm. And Fernandez is acknowledgement. Words of acknowledgement. Okay. And words of um, yeah. And then what's your, what's your secondary ones? I would say mine would be words of appreciation would be the second one. Mm-hmm. Nando? No. Quality time. That's my first one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so Nando, what's your second one? Man, I couldn't tell you. Like, well, okay, so there's there's quality time, there's physical touch, right. there's gifts. Yep. Um, there's... Acts of service. Acts of service. I'll tell you what I think. I bet you you're... I'm going to... Okay, sorry, go ahead. Uh, what were you going to guess? I was going to guess that your second love language is uh, touch. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, you know, you, you um, yeah, I just heard it in your voice once, and i like, it might not be number one, but it's definitely one of the two, you know, um, which is interesting, because mine is uh, words of affirmation first, touch second, so, uh, you know, me and you, we on the same page, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, we right here, bro, I, I see, you know, so, Libra, um, stand up. say it again, said Libras, stand up, oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you remembered that, huh? That's pretty good, man. I didn't remember you as a Libra, man. <laughs> I'm honored. You know? Damn. You're the 16th. So, um, I'm the 18th. What are yours? What's yours? The 14th? 11th. 11th. Yeah, yeah. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the 18th. So a week later. All right, cool. So, um, 
So you understand that even if you have separate love languages, you could make it work if you honor the other person's love language, right? You're aware of that, correct? Yeah. Yeah, good, good. And, you know, that same mindset is, you know, you want to keep that together when it comes to um, the uh, highest aspirations for being in a relationship. You know, you're going to have to give her more adventure than you need so that she can be happy while she could give you contentment more than she needs so you can be happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and every effort to do How those things. Somebody give somebody contentment? Well, you got to see what has not be content. Quality time is, is one of yours, but you got to find out what it is. And, you know, we'll get to that. Okay. Part of it, you're going to find some of it when you go through your must-have list. Right. Okay. Cool. You know? It so. just was like, you know, yeah, it seems like it seems kind of obvious how you could give somebody more adventure, but I wasn't sure how to give somebody more contentment. Yeah. So, okay, got it. So um, the number five thing um, is understanding the principles that you live your life by. Um, this is going to take you a little while to deal with, um, but it's awesome because, um, you know, you're already familiar with the principles that you live your life by, by, by a tiny bit, a little bit. You're already familiar with the conversation around it, just not clear about it itself. So what I mean by that is this. You know, when we're in Landmark, you know, they say, hey, what's the possibility you're creating for yourself in your life? Right? And you come up with these words. Well, I'm the possibility of generosity, love, and patience. Yeah. Right? So those possibilities are way more than possibilities. They're almost right. more than outcomes. They are principles that create results in life. And so at Landmark, which is, is brilliant, if I did not do Landmark, I'm not sure how well I'd be able to communicate what I'm you know, communicating now about it, is that when you create a possibility and you share it with others and we're all others and you haven't gotten it, that's how you're able to produce results with the possibility. No, wrong, eh. yes, but that's not it. Like, that's part of it, <laughs> you know? You share it enough and... You know, what Landmark is kind of saying is that you're creating a uh, a collective consciousness, you know, where you're, right, you're, right and, and the collective consciousness allows you to create more of it. But it's even more important that you are connected to your own possibility. Really, it's really a principle. So, like, love is a principle. Patience is a principle. You know, sacrifice, forgiveness, faith. These are principles that when those principles are present, certain results automatically show up as long as you focus on it and you allow it to operate. And so we be principles. When we're being something, who we're being is not a possibility. We're being principles. When we talk about possibility, it's almost like, please, possibility, do it to me, please. No. It will but that ain't really how you use them. You use these principles as your quality control measures to see if you're being true to yourself or not. 
So I'm the love coach. That's what people used to, I used to try to get them to call me, but they just, I don't know, the love coach, this term, just, they just call me love guru, love doctor, hitch, all kinds of stuff. They just would not call me a love coach, damn it. <laughs> right? But anybody that knows Tony, they're like, yeah, he doesn't I love. Because I use love as the measure for am I being true to myself? Am I being loving right now? What would love do now? Or something like that. You know what I mean? And so you both have principles that you live your life by that's most authentically who you was born to be. Right. And so when you understand these principles, you'll start living them. And then the great side benefit is you'll start recognizing the principles that other people live in their life by. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, uh, Nando, you gonna say something? No. Okay. Okay. And so, um, I've got a list of principles, um, that I'm going to email to you with the recap. Um, I actually, I actually created this list when I was in the TMOP. I was, I was on team one. And I was assisting around a course, and it must have been, I think it was a Sunday, um, just before we started singing, you know, Yakety Yak and, you know, all that stuff, right? Who put the bump, right? <laughs> so came back from a break, and these folks was coming on stage, and the course leader was, you know, sharing with them. It might have been Carl. I don't know who it was. And this woman got on stage, and she was sharing about the phone call. She just had the conversation she just had. And she said a sentence, and then half the room started getting teary-eyed. It was like, ooh, I don't remember what she said. But she moved the room so much. It was like love announced itself, ran in the door, and spread itself all over everybody. I was like, wow. And I was like, well, what, what, what made that happen? And I realized that she shifted her beingness with whoever she was on the phone and had love present, and everybody in the room was present to the love. And it was so profound that it made me wonder, well, what other qualities has love run in the door? I'm in the room. And so by the time I completed team, I had created like 50, I identified like, I think it was 58 different qualities that when that quality is present, love is also present. And also saw 58? even more. Huh? I was joking. I said, why only 58? Oh. <laughs> well, you know, I, I stopped being around the communication courses. That's why. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. That's a good one, though. Uh, nobody ever asked me that, so I, I, I acknowledge it. Um, <laughs> so, anyhow, um, I also recognize there were 68 qualities, and there's more, obviously, you're right, you know, uh, 68 qualities that um, when that when that principle shows up, love runs out the door. You know, make wrong, impatience, intolerance, you know, so on and so forth, right? So um, I'm going to send you this list so you guys can look at it and request part of your assignment is to identify the top 10 qualities that are most uh, identified with who you really are. And um, so that way you can start identifying it and, and start living from it. You're going to be needing that list later anyhow. Uh, session four is uh, where you're going to be really using that list at. But um, uh, yeah, so that's... Um, those are the top five things you need to know about yourself, which is not everything, but knowing these things will give you everything. Then that is knowing 
your highest aspirations for being in a relationship, knowing um, your highest aspirations for your own life or your life purpose, um, knowing your uh, must-have list, um, knowing um, your, your love languages, and then knowing the principles that you are most authentically live your life by, that you are born to live your life by. So for me, I know there's like 10 for me. There's love, there's enlightenment, there is um, generosity, curiosity, um, accuracy, clarity, workability, responsibility, clarity. Those are the principles that I look at when I'm living, living my life. I'm like, am I being clear? Am I generating completion? You know, like those, I ask myself those things so that I could be true to myself and true to the intensity. Like, I feel like I'm operating with integrity when I'm using them as a measure versus yeah. I hope it does it to me. That's it. You know, and, cool. and then, so anyhow, so that's that. Um, if you if you want to if you if you want to give me another fifteen minutes, I can complete this session right now. Otherwise, I just carry it into the next session. So, right, sorry, say that again. If we give him fifteen minutes, you can complete this. One. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, great. So, once you know who you are, it's the other half of this equation is choosing a partner wisely. <laughs> uh-huh. Right, because once you know who you are, you want to like actually be like, okay, so who's out there for me? So in addition to everything I've said, like people, there are people who know all of this stuff about them. They just don't know it the way I said it. But they know this stuff about themselves. You know, they couldn't tell you. That if I gave them an assignment, they would, they would, they would figure it out. But, but they are living true to their purpose and they're sharing their life together with their partner and all that stuff. But once you know who you are, then this, this list I'm going to give you, which is a short list. It's a top ten list. Um, you'll be able to use that to redefine yourself with each other. Like you'll figure out how to make this work with each other. Um, a lot of times couples that's not doing too well, I'd be worried once I go with this list. Um, but I'm not worried about y'all. Y'all figure it out. Y'all are smart. <laughs> so yeah. in, choosing a, in, in choosing a partner wisely, there's 10 things that I say you should be looking for. And, um, and so I'll just go. I'll just go in order. Won't take long. First is uh, having a unified purpose, which is the same thing as um, having the same highest aspiration for being in a relationship. Now, for y'all, you don't really have it, but you have complete control over how to honor each other's, so that you get right. have the relationship that you want. I have a brother who's twenty, who's uh, in his early forties, who is. Um, no, he's almost turning 50. He's, that's right. He's complaining about, damn, he's going to be 50 soon, right? 49. Um, he's um, been married 20, he said 25 years. I don't know it's at least 27. Uh, he's got a 15-year-old son, and then he's got a three and a, a two and a three-year-old uh, uh, daughter and son. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right. And then, you know, on oh, top goodness. of it, they are fat as hell. Like, I'm a big guy, but, man, my my, little, my younger brother... He ain't got no neck. He's a comedian, and so he's like he's Ray Ray from around the way, but he's also Ray Ray no neck. Right? So <laughs> <laughs> and his wife is fat, but they have sex all the time. They're adorable. They're like high school sweethearts. Yeah. And but they don't have the same highest aspiration either. Hers is to be content. Him is to be parents, family. So right. she fits in with his family, and he takes care of her to have her be content. 
and it works. Yeah. They ain't never did no yeah. transformational work, but it works for them, like, big time, you know? Um, so you can share in and enhance each other's um, highest aspirations should you decide to do so. Um, but you want to actually know what it is and honor that. Like it's the most important thing for your partner because when it comes to relationship, it really is the most important thing about the relationship. So right. having, having a unified purpose, that's the first thing. The second thing, which we just went over quite a bit and you'll get to know it better, which is both partners know themselves completely. Completely, both partners know themselves completely, meaning fundamentally. Okay. Right? And the big part is, you know, the principles you live your life by, which your highest aspiration for being in a relationship is, and all that stuff. Stuff like just got things covered. Okay. Um, so you, you, you want to know that. Number three, uh, which is not happening now, but it will, because I say so, <laughs> which is life is far better with them in your life than without them. It will be. It was at one point too, so it's coming back. Um, the third thing, the fourth, fifth, and sixth things are, are qualities of character. So I'm inviting you all to whatever else you want. You just said fourth, fifth, and sixth things. Four, five, and six. Okay. I'm about to say. I said one, two, and three already. Number one is unified yep. purpose. Yeah. Number two is over there. Partners, right? Okay, great. Number four. Number four is forgiveness. Okay. Number five. Number five is generosity. Okay. Number six is lovingness. You want to have those be fundamental aspects of your relationship: forgiveness, generosity, lovingness. You want to look for that and be that, generate that, and bring it out of your partner. Those three. Whatever else you got going on, do those. Okay. Okay. You know, whenever you have problem, whenever y'all have an upset, that's because one or all three of these things are definitely missing. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. So then, uh, number seven is having the same or, or harmonious love languages. I say having the same love languages, but if you know how to take care of each other's love languages, it's pretty much the same as having the same love languages. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, number eight, great sex. Don't fuck around with that. <laughs> don't. Like, you yeah. fuck around with it, but don't fuck around with that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah great sex is, is important. And I want to talk more about the impact of sex, even though I probably won't talk about sex itself. Um, but when I talk about emotions, I'll bring that up. And if I don't, remind me. Um, okay. Number eight. Number nine, number nine, which y'all have not been doing lately, is to treat each other like family. Let me say. I think we've all, I that. think we've always done that. Okay, great. Um, that's like the one thing that's like very consistent. Great. So, so when I say treat each other like family, it's like there's no back doors. There's no ending the relationship. We just got to work this okay. shit out because we in it. You know, okay. so like your kids are never going to not be your kids. Okay. We haven't been. Yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, okay. you relate to the marriage the way. Your kids are going to relate to parenthood, childhood. Right. Like bringing that. And this is going to help you with that. Okay. And then, and then the last thing is partnership, which y'all have done that then haven't done. But okay. so there's, 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 um, there's friendship, there's relationship, there's partnership. They're okay. all ships 
right? So friendship is, you know, you're related to each other. Relationship is that you are connected to each other. And partnership is that you play together and you work together to do stuff, to make stuff happen. And okay. off, and the difference between and, – and, and, and then there's teamwork and partnership, right? But there's a difference between teamwork and partnership. Right. So basketball is a team sport. You're playing basketball and, you know – some people is going to take on more responsibility than others. Um, you know, like, you know, you can have, I've seen, you know, games where the center for the New York Knicks didn't take a shot the whole game, played 40 minutes. How do you play a whole game and don't take one shot? I don't understand that, but that's how it happened, right? That's, I guess that's how his game was designed. And he had somebody else with 30 shots, um, uh, Carmelo Anthony, no names. Um, <laughs> by the way, Mando, I'm a big Knicks fan. It's just, I just... Every time I say Knicks fans, I'm looking for tissues, man. I don't want to cry because they're breaking my heart, man. Yeah, it's been uh, going on for a while. <laughs> yeah, a couple of decades now, damn it. Anyhow, um, but, but teamwork is different from partnership. See, on teamwork, somebody could, like, hide on the defensive end, but not in partnership. So football and baseball are partnership sports. Football, the guy who's running the ball He's the only guy running the ball. And the guys who are supposed to block for him, if they don't block, he ain't going nowhere. they got to do their job. And nobody else can do their job but them. The, the wide receiver, his job is to block so that people can get, catch the ball or go catch the ball himself. But that's his job. Right? Like, the, 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 the quarterback is never going to be catching the ball once a career, man. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So you yeah. got to know your part and then do your part as if you're the only one doing it and the world is depending on you. That's what I mean by partnership. Okay. Is that going to, is that going to be how you run the whole relationship every minute? No, but there are parts of the relationship where you have to be a partner, do your part because your partner can't do your part, the part that you can do. In the A team, Mr. T, he was creating weapons. But he, he didn't drive, and he was scared the crap out of flying, right? They had always knock him out before they get an airplane, right? <laughs> so partnership. We're, we're going to talk more about that as well. But I just want to, like, this is the, this is the end of the session. I'm complete. Um, and uh, I'll send you this email. I will also send you um, um, an invitation to a Dropbox folder. I'm going to send, uh, I'm going to send it to you tomorrow morning. Um, I'm also going to upload uh, the recordings to uh, Dropbox, and um, um, based on you know how I'm listening to y'all and how the relation is going, this is probably the the most boringest of the six, six sessions. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the other yeah, ones will be bad. a lot more um, a lot more involved for you. Okay. Uh, what you say, okay. Amanda? So no, that this isn't bad. That's that's good. Oh well, then, then, I, then I think what I just said was a good thing then, because uh, yeah, this yeah. is the most generalized of, yeah, of it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. So anything you want to say? That? Any feedback? No, not yet. No, I'm looking forward to that email tomorrow. Yeah. Hmm. No. Okay. Very, very, very interesting. Um, hmm. You know, stuff that I had not thought of. So you know, really cool. Yeah. Um, we wanted yeah. to set up the second session yes um, possible and wanted to see if you had any availability Saturday 
Sure. I like Saturday mornings, but I'm I'm, I'm flexible, you know? Yeah, that's what we were thinking. Um, so maybe you get your one right here? Uh, she's, she's, uh, I'm going to have her come for that thing. Saturday night. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's not super early, but could you do around like 11 your time? Yep. That's 10 o'clock our time. Yeah, that's when his nap is. So it's going to be, yeah, give well, him a range. Yeah, I mean, if you don't mind, like anywhere from like 11 to 11.30. Yeah, that's fine. Just, just do 11 and, you know, if you got to follow with it, then, you know, we'll do 11.30. That's fine. No yeah. problem. We will have, yeah, our ta- uh, the four-year-old's going to be on, um, on uh, you know, we're going to have to put on a movie or something, and then the baby will be napping. He <laughs> sleeps for about 45 minutes. Tony, I'm sorry. I'm going to complete right now because I've got to call my brother um, around some, anyhow. I'll, yeah, it's good. He, yeah, I'm sorry. i got to run right now, but thank you very much, and I look forward to yeah. an email tomorrow and chatting with you Saturday. Yeah, and if you guys need me for anything in between now and then, you know, feel free to holler, and because um, I'm I'm, a, I'm okay, at your cool. service, all right? So you'll send us the email, and it'll kind of be like homework to like look yeah, at I'll, until yep, Saturday. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Awesome. All right. Yeah, um, that was yeah. great. Very, very interesting. Um, really good mm. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not landmark, right? <laughs> um, no, it's not landmark, but mm. more um, you know relatable since we've done landmark, and it's yes. much different than a marriage you know counselor. And I yes. feel like yes. it's stuff that we can both you know we can we know it it makes sense because we've done landmark, you know. Yeah. Um. So for me, it really works. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Fernando's out of the room. But, um, yeah, really good. Great. Love it. Glad I could support you all and uh, more coming. All right, Saturday, 11 a.m. What's your name? Sounds good. Okay, I'll touch base. All right. Thank you. Talk to you then. Okay. All right, bye. Bye. Mm-hmm.